Hey, how's it going, NBA fans? Welcome to another episode of Courtside Take. This is Kevin Haswell coming at you with my co-host, Blake Blake Pace. How you doing today, Blake? Not bad. Uh, had a good holidays, good Christmas, good New Year's, and I'm just kind of relaxing for the next week before we have to get back to uh, school. How about you? Uh, pretty good, you know. Good to start the new year with a new episode of Courtside Take. Had a good holidays uh, with the family. Christmas and New Year's were fun. Um, I hope everyone else enjoyed their holidays, and uh, I'm excited to get into this episode. Any last yeah. one? All right, so uh, well, last week we uh, talked about the Western Conference. We kind of went through every team, um, talked about you know uh, some of their players, their coaching situations, and you know what they what sh- what they should look towards in the future. Um, today we'll look at the Eastern Conference, um, more of a uh, packed top with a mediocre bottom in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but we'll get our start at the bottom of the conference with the Atlanta Hawks, currently 10-26, uh, 15th in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Coach Mike Budenholzer uh, struggling a little bit with his crew this year. Uh, offensive rating of 17th out of 30 teams and defensive rating of 28th out of 30 teams. Blake, what are your thoughts? Um, first with the Hawks, i got to give a shout-out to uh... – Tyler Cavanaugh um, got signed to the Hawks on a two-year deal. Actually, went to my rival high school, so it's pretty cool to see him in the NBA. Congratulations to him. Team as a total, you know, they've lost their um, basically their entire rock. Their one seed days just a couple years ago, officially with Paul Millsap gone. You know, they lost Horford, Millsap, Damari Carroll, Kyle Korver, you know, Jeff Teague. So um, basically, you know, they're just they're at the bottom of the of the NBA right now and wins. Um, Looking towards the top of the draft, there's some great small forwards to be looking forward to. I like uh, Coach Mike Budenholzer. I think he should stay on. I like Dennis Schroeder as a, as a point guard. He's still only 24 years old. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to like on the roster talent-wise. Uh, Kent Bazemore is not nice. Um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, I, I like some of the young players they've drafted over the years. I mean, John Collins is a pretty good 21.1 player efficiency reign this year. Uh, he's been a nice surprise. Uh, good on the offensive and defensive end coming out of Wake Forest. Uh, I've really liked him. Dennis Schroeder I'm a big fan of. Um, but then you know, after that, they have a bunch of players that probably won't be here in the next couple of years as they start to rebuild. Um, you know, They're going to look towards the future. I think uh, it, it's going to come down to the draft for them, whether they can draft well. Um, because, you know, that's, that's today's age. I mean, get the young players, bring them in, and uh, rebuild around them. Uh, and I, I don't know how... how well, how well they're going to be able to uh, go out and get free agents. I mean, I don't know who wants to go play for the Hawks, but um, you know, we'll we'll find out over the next couple of years. I think it's more of a rebuild. Um, you agree with that? Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think there's anything you know directly this offseason that can make an immediate impact. Um, you know, just yeah, through the draft, maybe a, a nice power forward or a nice wing guy. Um, I like Dwayne Dentman at center. You know, he's been good for them, 11.1 points per game, uh, 7.8 rebounds. Um, he's 28 years old, so he can be there for a few more years. I, I don't think you need to go out and necessarily um, spend big money for a big uh, center. Um, maybe just try and build through in those two through four positions and get some complimentary players for Schroeder. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Schroeder's definitely a piece for the future for them. I think <clears throat> Collins as well. I think Collins <clears throat> will be a fixture in that lineup for a while. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll move on to the next team. I uh, don't want to spend too long on some of these teams at the bottom because 
Most of them are rebuilding. So we'll move yes. over uh, to the 12 and 26 Orlando Magic, 14th in the NBA Eastern Conference. Uh, offensive rating of 105.125th in the NBA. Defensive rating is 26th in the NBA. Really struggling this year. Um, Coach Frank Vogel uh, coming over. Uh, kind of struggling with this young team, but, you know, they're, they're kind of in a rebuild. So, Blake, what do you think? This has to be, like, one of my, like, least favorite teams in the league. I don't know. I feel like always in the offseason, they spend money. They make some trades for some guys. You know, they, they brought in Jonathan Simmons in the offseason. They uh, traded for Terrence Ross. I like the draft of Jonathan Isaac. I thought it was a little high for him to go. but uh, And, you know, he's not done much. 5.3 points per game. He's kind of struggling this year. I also really don't like Alfred Payton as a point guard. I know towards the end of last season, he had some games where really great flashes, but yeah, there's not much that I really like on this roster. I mean, you know, they've got big contracts to Vucevic and Biombo who play the same position, except one is great on offense, one is good on defense. Um, that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know. I just feel like this team, you know, year after year, keeps spending money on guys that they don't really need and, you know, don't actually draft the right guys either. Yeah, I, I didn't like the Simmons uh, pickup in the offseason from the Spurs. I mean, his player efficiency rating is 12.7 this year. Um, that's not very good. I also didn't like Bismack Biombo. I mean, he had one good postseason with the Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, he, he got his big contract out of that, but unfortunately the Magic are the one that, ones that gave it to him. Um, and he struggled as well. I mean, you go down this roster, there's not a lot to be excited about, except, you know, Busevich has been good. Um, you know, 21.4 player efficiency rating, along with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's having a pretty good year. Um, on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, I think Jonathan Eisen, what, Isaac was a good pick. Uh, I, I mean, he's been dealing with injury problems all year. He's currently out with an ankle injury. So um, it might it might take a while to see what we the Magic really have out of him. But um, I think they have a couple pieces that they can build a future around, but I think they have a long way to go. Oh, yeah, I do too. I think this is another team just like with the Hawks. You know, I wouldn't go out again this offseason and try and spend all your cap money um, – you know, draft some solid pieces and build a foundation. Um, like you said, there are a few players that you like. Um, not as many as, and not as much as I like. Um, there's not too many guys in this roster I'm a big fan of, but uh, yeah, I guess, it, it, you know, bottom of the Eastern Conference, just tank, essentially, and then draft who you can. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on. Uh, 13th in the Eastern Conference, 13 and 24, the Chicago Bulls under head coach Fred Hoiberg. Out of Iowa State, um, they're struggling too. You know, it's it's the theme of the bottom of the pack in the Eastern Conference rebuilding. Uh, offensive rating 29th in the NBA, defense rating 16th. So they're playing pretty well on the defensive end, especially for their talent. Blake, what are your thoughts? You know, they've been really hot since Miritich came back. They had that big winning streak going since he returned. He's averaging 18.3 points per game, uh, 7.3 rebounds, and, uh, you know, only an assist and a half per game. But he's been a real spark for them, and I really like the play from rookie uh, Laurie Markkinen. And even Chris Dunn, who, you know, seemed like was just a castaway after his terrible rookie season in uh, Minnesota, came over to Chicago and has chimed in 13.7 points, 6 assists, uh, 4.8 rebounds, so he's been a good piece for them this year. I like the situation that they're in, um, you know, especially because they have Zach Levine coming back soon. I think they have some young talent that I really like. You know, Denzel Valentine, um, 9.3 points per game coming off the bench. Or actually, no, he started a majority of their games, 26 of them actually. 
But they've, they've got some young guys. I like Dunn. I like Markkinen. Um, Miritich is only 26. And like I said, they're getting back Zach Levine soon. Um, you know, after they lost Jimmy Butler, it kind of seemed like, you know, they really lost that trade. And, you know, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, you know, they gave up Jimmy Butler, one of the better two-way players in the league. But um, I like the return that they, they got, um, especially because he wanted his way out. And um, I like the position they're in going forward and building around the, some of these young players. Yeah, I really like this roster uh, moving forward. You know, talking about Miritich, he, he's been terrific this year uh, with the 18.7 rebounds. He's been knocked down from three-point land, uh, shooting 50% from the field. Markkinen's been nice for them. Um, definitely good to see him and Dunn uh, playing well. I mean, the return on that Jimmy Butler trade was in question. So it's good to see those two guys uh, working out a little bit. And then, you know, they got Bobby Portis has been pretty good too, 12.4 points. 6.7 rebounds, uh, shooting 48% from the field. And like you said, Denzel Valentine, uh, a little better of a year this year uh, compared to last. So, you know, they, they got some some bright spots on this roster. Um, but like like we've been talking about with a bunch of these teams, they got a long way to go. Uh, they got built through the draft. And then, you know, Chicago's not a bad place because they I think they can sign free agents, a uh, bigger market. I think, I think players would enjoy signing there. So, um I think two or three years from now, we'll see the Bulls towards the top of the Eastern Conference once again. Oh, yeah, definitely. So we'll uh, move on to the next team, the Charlotte Hornets. They're 13-23, and 12th in the Eastern Conference, uh, 26th on the offensive rating, and 11th on the defensive rating. I think Dwight Howard has helped that a little bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard has had a great year. Um, 15.6 points, 12.3 total rebounds, uh, over a block a game. He's been a good, com- him and Kemba have been a really good combination. I know for a while Kemba was looking for that great center combination. And, you know, unfortunately, Dwight, you know, 32 years old, you know, we'll see how long this combination will stay on the court um, in Charlotte. But I do like the duo there. I've never been a huge fan of Steve Clifford um, as a head coach. I know he's been there for some time now. Um, but, yeah, they're really disappointing, I guess, beyond that. Um, you know, Malik Monk has a few games where he comes out and just goes insane off the bench, but he's only got uh, 5.9 points per game this year and is uh, shooting, you know, 34% from three, 34 from the field. Frank Kaminsky's game is all right, I guess, um, for a power forward position, 10.9 points. Jeremy Lamb is young, which is good, but, I mean, their wings are what is most upsetting to me um, for their team, you know, uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist just hasn't panned out from um, where he was drafted. Nick Batum has, you know, regressed since last season, in my opinion, um, scoring only ten points per game. Yeah, they're unfortunately they're you know they're they've got a lot of money on the books, but they're not uh, they don't have a record to show it, and they're kind of struggling. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the the bright spot's got to be Kemba Walker and Dwight Howard, and outside of that, you know, you look at Jeremy Lamb. I guess you can say. He's played pretty well this year. I mean, shooting 44%, 14 points a game. Uh, but then after that, you know, Kaminsky, a little better of a year. But Batum, they spent a lot of money on him. He's struggling. Uh, Kid Gilchrist just hasn't been what they needed. Uh, Marvin Williams, not great. I mean, there's, you know, Malik Monk, they would, they probably would have loved to see more out of him this year. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams not doing much. They, they just got a lot of disappointment on this team. Um, and I think, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while because – at this point, they're not. They're kind of in that middle where they wanted to contend with this team, but I don't think they're there. So they might have to restart. Um, I don't think this is a team you can really revamp. I don't know if Kemba Walker and Dwight Howard are really the recipe to contend. So 
Um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I think they're going to have to turn it around and rebuild, though. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not giving up on Malik Monk. I really liked him coming out of the draft. I wish my Knicks took him, actually, um, even though it may have not proven to be so good so far for him. Um, but I think that's a nice building piece at the two-guard two, uh, the two position for the future. But you're right, you know, building around 27-year-old Kemba Walker and 32-year-old Dwight Howard over the next few seasons just doesn't seem um, feasible to me, especially, you know, Kemba struggling shooting from the field, 42%, um, 34% from three. And in a league where it's, you know, high pace, a lot of three-point shooting, I don't really trust Kemba to uh, lead that offense too deep in the playoffs. Yeah, if you're not built for it, you might as well turn around and uh, rebuild. So we'll, we'll move on to another team, the Brooklyn Nets, 14-23, and 23, 11th in the Eastern Conference, 18th in offensive rating, uh, 20th in defensive rating. You know, a, a little bit of a surprise this year. Uh, Blake, what are your thoughts? You know, I... I mean, they definitely have improved, you know, from being one of the worst teams in the East over the past few years. Um, I'm really upset, though, to see them lose Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo uh, Russell. Lin for the season, Russell until the middle of January, it seems to be. But um, I like some of the young guys that they brought in. I like their mindset in rebuilding from this whole we traded our way our entire future to Boston for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett phase. Um, you know, they're taking on big contracts as long as a first-round pick comes with. So they brought in guys like Alan Crabb, Damari Carroll, um, they recently traded for Jaleel Okafor, which um, I think could prove out to be a nice piece for them. Depending, he might uh, he might be coming back soon. What has he been playing? He's actually he's hurt. Uh, he's been held out of games while working on his conditioning, but is expected to be available Tuesday against the Timberwolves. There you go. So you know, I, I'd like to see what he does in his return back. You know, they got rid of Brook Lopez, so they're looking for a, a center. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the young players that they have. I was a big fan of, um, like, I, I like uh, Julio Okafor's offense, but his defense is, you know, very bad. Uh, D'Angelo Russell showing some flashes in Los Angeles. Um, but, you know, it's just another one of those teams, you know, in the bottom of the East. You kind of are just looking to the draft and building pieces for the future. Um, and hopefully they get there. Yeah, uh, I mean, D'Angelo Russell has definitely had a better year this year. Um, I'm trying to see. He's currently out right now with uh, until the middle of uh, January with arthroscopic surgery on his left knee, which is tough considering he was having such a great year. I mean, 19.4 player efficiency rating before he went down. Uh, Hollis Jefferson's been pretty good. Uh, Nick Stauskas coming over from the Sixers. Um, in his limited minutes, he's been pretty good. You know, this team is, is going the right way. I think today's NBA, you got to stockpile the, the draft picks, and that's what they're doing. They're taking on these big contracts to fill their salary cap um, and taking draft picks with them. And, you know, I mean... It, you get these later draft picks at the end of the first round, the second round picks, and you take 10 of them, and two of them might work out. So, uh, you, you know, take as many chances as you can. And I think the Nets are doing the right thing. Um, you know, they were going to be one of the worst teams in the East regardless, so you might as well take the draft picks and all these guys and put some, you know, a little bit of talent on the floor that might excite fans a little bit um, and, and get some draft picks out of it because that's the way they need to be heading. Exactly, and and like I mentioned with other teams before, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Frank Vogel in Orlando or Clifford in Charlotte. I really like Kenny Atkinson with Brooklyn, and I think you know he's, you know, despite you know the team being you know so uh, bad over the past year and a half, I really like his um, his coaching style and his, his connection with the players. The players really seem to like playing for him, and I think you know he's a bright spot going forward. Yeah, that I mean, definitely when you see a 
a team that's not very talented actually outperforming themselves. It's, it's a good sign for the coaching staff moving forward. Um, you know, you, you really find out how good these coaches are when the teams aren't as good compared to when they are good. So uh, definitely a situation to watch in Brooklyn. So we'll move on to my 76ers. Uh, they're 17-19, uh, 10th in the Eastern Conference, 20th in offensive rating, 9th in defensive rating. No thanks to Joel Embiid. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, your team, you know, you got some great players. I mean, I love Ben Simmons. I love Joel Embiid. Um, you know, the tank, you know, you guys, you know, tank and tank and tank, and it seemed to pay off, you know, as long as health is the big thing for me, you know, if if, if uh, Embiid can stay healthy, who knows what faults is going to be when he comes back. If he can be healthy, um, Ben Simmons can be healthy, then you guys have one of the brightest futures in the NBA. Um, I like you guys bringing in J.J. Redick this past offseason. I thought that was a great fit. You know, he tore apart my Knicks on Christmas Day. Um, but, you know, seven, he's got 17.1 points for effective field goal percentage of 53.9. He's been a great, you know, veteran for this roster. Um, what are your thoughts on your team? Uh, you know, Joel Embiid has been more than advertised this year, 23.9 points per game, almost 11 rebounds, uh, all while shooting 48% from the field. Like you said, J.J. Redick, great addition. Uh, lots of money. I mean, it's only a one-year deal, but, uh, you know, 17 points a game. He's shooting 90, 94% from the line um, and almost 40% from three, so that's bright. Uh, I like Ben Simmons, you know, the ability to stay healthy this year, uh, start 35 games and, you know, uh, averaging 16 points, 8, 8.6 rebounds, 7.5 assists, all while shooting 50% from the field. Um, and, you know, the, the other bright spot for me is uh, Robert Covington. I mean, he's been great, too, 14 points, uh, 6 rebounds. You know, uh, the steals are there, too, with 1.9 up there in leaderboard uh, for the NBA. And, you know, he, he's shooting 39% from downtown. So, you know, I, I like the top five. My problem with the Sixers uh, from watching them this year is the depth, I think. Uh, you know, when they have to bring their bench in, they're not as good. I mean, when you when you see J.J. Redick, Ben Simmons, Covington, Sarich, and, and Embiid out on the floor, they're really good. But outside of that... You know, you bring in Jared Bayless, Rashad Holmes, T.J. McConnell. They just don't score as much. They're not good offensively. Um, and, you know, they struggle in the paint because, you know, Joel Embiid's not on the floor. So I think, you know, they need a little more depth um, moving forward. And I think, you know, Markel Fultz coming back in the middle of January might help that. I'm um, excited yeah. to see what, what they can get out of him. But, you know, the depth is is really the issue for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, like you said, yeah, the bench, and there's a few other teams in the East, you know, that we'll talk on later, that it's, it's bench depth that they really need to make, you know, a serious run in the postseason. But, um, you know, they're all young guys, you know, besides J.J., he's here for a year, but he, you've got young guys and building towards, you know, like I said, one of the brightest futures in the NBA. Yep, definitely exciting. Uh, we'll flip from my team to yours. 18-18, and 18, the New York Knicks are ninth in the e NBA Eastern Conference, 14th offensive rating and 14th in the defensive rank so a very balanced attack uh definitely outperforming uh, jeff hornacek is is definitely uh, outperforming you know his roster this year what are your thoughts yeah i mean i i really like this season for the knicks i really like the roster um and especially like you said defensively they've, they've improved so much more on, on defense and it's amazing to see what the offense can do when you don't have carmelo anthony holding the ball the entire shot clock and throwing up a fadeaway jump um and if we don't miss watching that 82 times a season. But, um, you know, with the Knicks, I really like how they, they just have random guys on their back that always seem to just, you know, go off. You know, Michael Beasley has had so many 30-point games this year. It, it just baffles me how he's been um, 
doing so far. He's, you know, averaging 11.2 points, you know, off the bench, but he's had so many games where, you know, I went to a game um, in uh, Madison Square Garden against the Celtics, and, you know, Porzingis had one point, I think, but we the Knicks won because Beasley had 32. So, you know... I like Michael Beasley coming off the bench. Um, I really like the signing of Tim Hardaway Jr. I didn't like it at first because of so much money, and yes, he's hurt right now, but um, he's been great for them, 17, 8 points, uh, 3.3 assists, 4.2 rebounds. I really liked him. And Porzingis, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited for the future of the Knicks with Kristaps Porzingis, 24.5 points per game, 6.7 rebounds. I mean, 2.2 blocks. I mean, I, I'm sure you saw him block Joel Embiid all over on Christmas Day. Um but, you know, I, Porzingis has been great. He's a great future. Um, and, you know, we even saw Joe Kim Noah sighting the other day, and he had, uh, against New Orleans, four points, four rebounds. So, um, I don't know. I, I really like their draft pick with Natilakina. Yes, I'd like to see the Knicks in the postseason, but I'd also like to see them get a great draft pick. But um, this is the most excited I've been about a Knicks team in, in a while, actually. Yeah, you know, I, I like what they have at the top. I mean, Porzingis, obviously, uh, one of the – best young budding stars uh, in the NBA. I mean, up to 24 points a game, like you said. That, that's great. Great to see. Um, Tim Hardaway, everyone was questioning the amount of money the Knicks gave him this offseason, but, you know, 17.8 points a game. Uh, can't argue with that. Enos Cantor has been more than expected coming over in the mellow trade, uh, Thirteen, po- uh, averaging a double-double 13.5 points, 10.3 rebounds, uh, while shooting almost 60% from the field. So he's been awesome. I know he tore up the Sixers on Christmas Day. Um, yeah, just living on the on the rebounds. Um, you know, Courtney, Courtney Lee's not not been bad. I mean, thirteen points, shooting almost forty percent, forty six percent from the field. So, and like you said, Michael Beasley has been pretty good too. So, you know, they got some 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 nice assets on their team. Uh, I, I don't know how close they are contending. I mean, I don't know how well rounded this roster is. I mean, they have a lot of good players, but I don't know if they really match up positionally. Um, mm. I, I think. You know, like you said, I think Frank's a great was a great draft pick, um, but uh, I think I think a couple more great drafts and, and this Knicks team's in in contention. I just think they have to, uh, you know, really draft the right guys at the right positions and, and fit this thing together. Yeah, and it, and it's it's tough because, like you said, they're, they're very um, top heavy. You know, all their best all their best players seem to play power forward or center. You know, Kristaps Porzingis and his Cantor. Michael Beasley's been playing the four this year. Kyle O'Quinn and last year's first rookie all-team, Willie Hernan Gomez, also plays center. So all of their big men are really struggling to find minutes through the rotation. And um, they're also, you know, that also means that there's not great talent at the guard position. You know, starting Jarrett Jack, while he's been, you know, a good veteran for uh, Frank to learn under, you know, he's your best point guard. It's it's That's not a winning team usually. Um, so I think they need to get better guards maybe a small forward in the draft but like like you said you know with one of the best budding stars in the league i like where the knicks are going yeah you definitely can't argue with porzingis so we'll move on to uh the indiana pacers 19 and 18 eighth in the nba eastern conference uh definitely a surprise uh eighth in offensive rating no thanks to victor oladipo and 23rd in defensive rating blake what are your thoughts yeah, like, you know, they really need to improve on the defensive side, you know, in the bottom third of the league. But, you know, Victor Oladipo has been great in his return to Indiana. We've talked about him a few times here. Um, almost 25 points per game, shooting 42% from three, 48 from the field. Um, you know, Miles Turner, 14.1, effective field goal percentage of 52.8. Um, you 
see him get more rebounds than his 6.6, but, um, you know, that's something that we'll just continue to develop with this game. Um, definitely a surprise this year. Um, I wasn't expecting, you know, like we said, with, with the return from the Knicks trade, the return from the Jimmy Butler trade, the return from this Paul George trade is, is, is amazing because I did not expect Victor Oladipo to have this kind of season. And, um, you know, he's really surprised me, especially even um, DeMontis Sabonis, who also came over in that trade, 11.7 points per game, leading the team with 8.2 rebounds. The return for that trade seems to be great. And so um, I like where the Pacers are. Oladipo's young. Miles Turner is young. Sabonis is young. Um, I think they need, you know, a better true point guard and then, you know, a, a really nice small forward. Um, and they're they're going to be, a, you know, a good playoff team for the future. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's just going to take time with some of these younger players. Yeah, I, I definitely think they should be happy with what they've seen out of Oladipo. I mean, only 25 years old, so you can really build with him um, instead of, you know, maybe having to shuffle him out uh, when they rebuild. Uh, you know, some of the older guys like Thaddeus Young, Bogdanovich, those guys probably have to go after they rebuild. But, you know, I like what they have with Miles Turner. Uh, you know, Oladipo's been good. Sabonis, uh, you know, TJ Leaf. I mean, he hasn't been great this year, but I think that's someone they can build around. Um, so, you know, I, I think this Pacers team um, has a chance to, you know, they have the talent there. And, you know, the Oladipo is definitely a surprise. I think when they trade for uh, Paul George, they didn't expect anywhere near this um production out of him but you know that i don't know i don't think they make the playoffs this year i think uh they're better i think they're better off just tanking and, and getting the higher draft pick because you know they, they have a team that that desperately needs help at certain positions so going to the draft would definitely help them um but you know this pacers team has been surprised and and it's 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 exciting to watch especially victor oladipo mm, definitely and so so just a random question that i was just thinking of you know, the return in the big trades from the offseason with the Bulls trading away Jimmy Butler, the Pacers trading away Paul George, and the, the Knicks trading away Carmelo Anthony. Who do you think has seen the best return from those three teams so far? Is it Indiana? I think it's got to be Indiana. I mean, you look at Victor Oladipo, and, and he's almost been as good as Paul George. I mean, 1.8 steals, 20, almost 25 points a game, shooting 48% from the field. I mean, he's been terrific just that by himself. And then, you know, they also got, um, you know, Sabonis in that deal, and did they get a draft pick in that trade too? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there was okay, a pick. Well, but if either way, I mean, those two guys by themselves. I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's better than the Pacers than Paul George because you know they <laughs> they're, they're two players they can really build around compared to Paul George who's going to leave. So, um, you know, I think the Pacers got the best return. Yeah, I'd also have to say the Pacers just because of you know. I mean, I didn't expect much from any of the three returns, um, but there's been one player from each that has really surprised me. You know, Chris Dunn, probably I'd say that has surprised me the least, um, but, you know, that's still a big uh, return because he didn't expect that, and Zach Levine is out. But, I mean, the Knicks with Ennis Cantor, he's been great, but I think definitely the best return has to simply come from Oladipo and Sabonis. Um, you know, the, those are two stud players that, you know, I mean, Sabonis started only eight games, but, you know, that's Victor Oladipo, who's been a starter all season. Um, and, yeah, like you said, Paul George is going to leave anyway, so that, that has to be the best return. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, those are some interesting trades. We'll move on uh, to another team who had glory about five years ago, but uh, lost all their players. Now they're forced. They're kind of in the middle, like the Hornets, um, you know, stuck in a rebuild or stuck 
in the middle where they, they, they're not good enough to contend. Um, but at the same time, uh, they do have some talent. So, you know, the 19 and 17 Miami Heat, they're currently seventh in the Eastern Conference, 23rd on offensive rating, 13th in defensive end. Um, how do you feel about the Heat? Yeah, like you said, they're kind of in that middle of the pack. But in the problem is when you're in, when you're, you know, thinking about tanking or you're looking at the books, you know, they have a lot of guys with high salaries. You know, Drogic is making $17 million. James Johnson, almost $14 million. Deion Waiters, 11 And then Hassan Whiteside making $24 million. Um, You know, unfortunately, I really like Eric Spolster as a coach, but this team is another one that I think is just best suited towards uh, looking at the draft. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Hassan Whiteside in today's NBA. Um, you know, he's got, you know, he's great defensively, 12.2 rebounds, 1.4 blocks. But, you know, I I want, out of my center, I want a guy that can space the floor and shoot in today's NBA. And, you know, he's he's <laughs> he's shooting 100% from three, but, you know, that's just on probably one attempt, you know, all year. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of weird things with the team. Um Deion Waiters was great last year and as you know, still averaging 14.3, but you know, he's another guy that's kind of just like a ball hog and doesn't really, you know, help with a spreading the floor and creating offense. Um, uh, you know, Goran Dragic is 31 years old. He's getting up there in age. There aren't many young guys on the team that I really like. Justice Winslow, only 6.6 points. You know, I thought he was going to be a big player out of the draft. Um, was it two years ago, but, or, but, you know, I just haven't seen it from him. Um, yeah, I don't really like much about this team. And, you know, they've got some guys making a lot of money. I think they just have to kind of ship it and, you know, get rid of some of these players, get some more cap space and build towards the draft. Yeah, like you said, actually, Hassan Whiteside is two for two from three this year. So, um, <laughs> you know, definitely a perennial three-point shooter now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, looking at him defensively, he's been pretty good this year, like you said. But offensively, he's been one of the worst players on the team. Um, a negative 2.4 offensive box plus minus. Uh, box plus minus, he's actually negative while on the floor this year. So, you know, I I, I think this team has some young guys um, that they can look towards the future and really, you know, um, build around. But I don't know if Hassan Whiteside is there. I mean, he's 28 years old. He's a little older now. Um, I don't know if he's, like you said, I mean, he can't spread the floor on the offensive end. Um, he's kind of just, he scores around the bucket. Um I, I like Goran Dragic, but he's 31 too. I mean, a lot of these players they have are, are for contending teams right now, and they're not really a contender. I think what happened was when they went to get Gordon Hayward this offseason, they they invest. They said they they just they said to themselves they were going to spend a ton of money no matter what, um, because hey, if we don't get Gordon Hayward, we at least need to give the fans something. So they went out and signed all these guys to bigger contracts, especially like Kelly Olynyk, who hasn't mm-hmm. been as good this year. Um, sent him to a big deal, and, and it's like you really didn't need to spend that money. You, you could have, you know, used it different way. You could have looked towards the draft, but you know now they're stuck in the middle. They're kind of like the Hornets. I think you know they they have some talent in their roster, but is that talent good enough to compete? Probably not. Um, so I I don't know. I'm this team kind of frustrates me. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's like once LeBron and Bosh and Wade were gone, it was like, well, we need to keep the fans interested. That's spend money every year, let's try and make some big-name splashes, but they haven't been able to. I mean, Hassan Whiteside, who's probably their biggest name since then, came up through the, the D-League at the time and just, you know, wanted to get his 2K rating up. So that's where his biggest claim to fame came. And then, 
trading for Goran Dragic, you know, that's a nice move. Deion Waiters kind of just came out of nowhere. They've really just, they've just been throwing a bunch of darts at the board and seeing what hits and, you know, not much has really worked out for them so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll move on. I mean, it frustrates me to talk about them because they're, yeah. they're just making stupid front office decisions in my opinion. So uh, we'll move on to the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 19 and 16, sixth in the Eastern Conference um, under head coach Jason Kidd. Ninth in the NBA in offensive rating, 24th in defense. What are your thoughts? Um, you know, they have one, like I said, you know, we talked about all these young players, earlier, you know, Embiid and Kristaps. You know, Giannis, uh, you know, he has one of the brightest futures in the NBA, um, especially if he can develop, you know, a mid-range and three-point game. Um, still missing Jabari Parker, um, hoping to return for the second half of the season. I think, you know, while defensively he's not the best, I think his offense provides, you know, a really nice um, addition alongside uh, Giannis. Um, you know, since trading for Eric Bledsoe, he's been great for the team. 4.4 assists, 18.6 points, um, shooting 46% from the field. And then, you know, Malcolm Brogdon still is, you know, contributing. Um, he's more coming off the bench, you know, 13 points per game. I still think that they need they need more guys up front at center. I know we've talked about it probably a few times now about, you know, do they want to try and make a trade for DeAndre Jordan or is there a big man on the market for them? I think, you know, if they really want to, um, to you know, make a run in the playoffs, they need a guy in the middle of the paint just protecting um, and, you know, getting all these rebounds. And right now, you know, their leading rebounder is Giannis with uh, 10.4 and then it drops off to 6.6 with John Henson. So they, I think they're in the right spot, especially, you know, when they get Jabari Parker back. And since they have Chris Middleton and, you know, some shooters around Giannis, um, but I think, you know, if they if they made a move at the deadline for a center, you know, they're looking as one of the, the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, they really have a great roster, and, it, and it's a very good roster nowadays in the NBA because, you know, they got guys that can run up and down the floor, uh, really split, spread the floor as well. Um, but I think they need to improve a little more on the defensive end. I mean, you would think that Eric Bledsoe, you know, is a great defender, and you, you brought him over to play good defense. Um, but he's actually got a negative defensive box plus minus, despite the two over two steals a game. Um, and you know, Giannis is Giannis and Henson are, are basically their only good. Uh, well, I guess Don Maker's been pretty good defensively too. So those three guys outside of that, I mean, everyone else is in the negative for defensive box plus minus. So they need to you know find s- some identity on the def- defensive side of the ball. And I think, like you said, going out and getting a center, maybe DeAndre Jordan, that you know that can. That can help this defense tremendously. Having someone in the middle, I mean, you see it with the Sixers with Joel Embiid, just having someone in the middle to protect the rim is is essential um, and really helps the defense thrive. Yeah. So, and, and I guess if I was looking at other things, you know, a center and then maybe filling out the bench a little better. I mean, like I said, you know, Malcolm Brogdon has been good off the bench, but you know, Mirza Toledovic, Sean Kilpatrick, Greg Monroe, and Matthew Delvadova. Um, they're not really going to be a great second unit come the postseason. I mean, Deladova can be a pest on defense, which is always great. Um, players don't like playing against Deladova because he is so aggressive on defense. But there aren't many guys in the second unit that really, you know, are encouraging for me. Um, so I guess maybe filling out the depth a little more, um, or and then you know making a trade for a big center or getting one in free agency. Um, and yeah, the Bucks will only continue to thrive under Giannis. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of the most active teams at the trade deadline, but, you know, we'll see. I think they need to be the most active, but whether or not they will be, uh, 
only time will tell. We'll move on to the fifth place, uh, Washington Wizards, 21-16 this year. They've been without John Wall for a while. He just came back, um, you know, 10th on the offensive rating, 8th on the defensive rating, so pretty balanced attack there. Um, right now, they're only missing Sheldon back due to injuries, so, you know, they're, very, they're, they're pretty healthy right now. Um, what are your thoughts? This is <laughs> this is one of my least favorite teams. You know, this actually probably is my least favorite team in the NBA. Um, you know, they're they're basically running off three guys with Wall, Beal, and Otto Porter, um, and Kelly Oubre off the bench as well. I don't like their big men at all. I think Martian Gortat, thirty three years old. I think you know he's really struggled this year. You know, eight and eight, which is you know nice um, defensively, getting eight rebounds, but. Uh, you know, I think he's slow, he's getting older, and Markeith Morris hasn't been great for them. 10.2 points, 4.8 rebounds. Um, just like in last year's postseason, the big problem for the Wizards was was big men and depth on the bench, and they they have fixed neither of those problems. Um, this is probably the team that frustrates me the most because they have such a prolific uh, backcourt, but they have no other guys really as a supporting cast, especially off the bench. I mean, if you're going to tell me that your leading bench score is Mike Scott, and then after that it is uh, Jody Meeks. That that doesn't scare me come postseason. And for a team with such talent in the starting lineup through the one through three positions, I, you know I'm not happy with that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Otto Porter, um, he's been great this year. John Wall, Bradley Beal, but outside of that, you know, Gortat, 33 years old. Um, like you said, I'm repeating a lot of th- stuff you said, but. Uh, he, he's just not, I mean, he's been pretty good on the defensive end this year with, you know, the 2.5 defensive box plus minus, but negative 1.6 in the offensive end, uh, not bringing enough down low. Uh, Mike Scott, you know, he, he's great, but he's, you know, end of the bench type of player. Um, he's not someone you want to rely to come off the bench. And, you know, Kelly Oubre, I thought I was a big fan of, but looking at these numbers, I mean, negative on the offensive end of the floor. Um, slightly positive on the defensive, but his box plus minus in general is zero. So he's really not affecting. Um, he's not really effective on the court, as effective on the court as I thought he was. Um, and I like Markeith Morris. I like him, but at the same time, his player efficiency rating is eleven point six this year. So I, I don't know. You know, I agree with you. I think if you have you know these two guards, especially you know Otto Porter has been a good two way wing player, but you have these two guards, you need to build around them. Um, and I don't think they've done that. I mean, they try to get out, go out and get Mahimi, and Mahimi's been bad. I mean, they're paying him like 80, $64 million, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he, he hasn't been great. They're actually paying him more than they're paying Gortat, which is interesting. Um, I mean, both players haven't been very very good. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think this Wizards team is going to end up a top-four team in the in the East. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to lose the Celtics or the Cavs in the semifinals again. And, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna do this for a couple of years because they just haven't built a good enough roster to contend with the best. But they have a, you know, the, the guard combo they have is good enough to, you know, make it past the first round in the East. But I, I they need, you know, they need to go out and get a free agent. Um, I don't think the draft's the right choice at this point. I mean, they're they've got an older team. Um, go out and get a free agent wing player or or uh, you know a good power forward or center, and, and this team might be able to contend. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and like we said with like a few other teams, it was kind of like, well, they're stuck in this middle place of do we do we tank for the draft? Do we push towards the playoffs? This team can't, you know, look towards the draft when you've got this talent. You know, it's it, this is one of the situations where it's just like you have to 
you have to deal with what you have and go forward into the postseason and try and do what you can. But, you know, even in the trade market, there's not much that you can offer up that, you know, I think that you can bring in a game changer at the four or five. You can't, you know, no one's, you know, out there wanting Gortat or, you know, maybe there's a trade for Markeith Morris, but I still don't think there's any, there's not a great return for that. Um, and, you know, there's not like a, a great bench guy who should be getting more minutes, you know, besides Kelly Oubre, but they, they want to hold on to him because he's, you know, has shown flashes at times. Um, yeah, I, I like you said with the Heat, I want to, I got to stop talking about the Wizards. They frustrate me. Yeah, you know, I mean, they've, they've also uh, had trouble in the past with having draft picks because they go out and trade these draft picks um, for players that won't help them in the playoffs. Like Bogdanovich last year, they traded their first round pick this year for Bogdanovich. So, um, not a great, and then they ended up, you know, trading their second round pick for Tim Frazier. So they didn't even have a draft pick this year, um, and they're not really helping themselves. Uh, but you know what? We'll move on. Uh, a team that's impressing a little bit more is the uh, Detroit Pistons. They're twenty and fifteen, fourth in the Eastern Conference, sixteenth in the offensive rating at one hundred seven, and defense rating at one hundred five point eight, which is seventh in the NBA. Uh, Blake, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this has been such a huge uh, surprise to me this year, and that just speaks to, the, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Stan Van Gundy as a head coach. Um, he's had some down years throughout his career, but, you know, I, I really think that the players like playing for him. And um, the biggest surprise to me, I mean, Andre Drummond, I guess, as, you know, developing a more total game. Um, first off, you know, averaging almost five offensive rebounds per game it is absurd to me. You know, like, that's crazy that he's getting 4.9 offensive rebounds a game. 15 total rebounds a game, but, um, you know, he's, you know, he's got 3.7 assists per game, you know, 1.4 steals. He's, he's kind of, um, gone away from just being this big man who can only rebound and make, you know, layups and dunks and has kind of transitioned into a more complete game. And I think that's really helped them. Um, I think uh, bringing in Avery Bradley has been great defensively, um, 15.7 points per game from him also, uh, shooting over 40% from the three. And um, while I haven't been the biggest fan of Ray, uh, Reggie Jackson since, you know, he was traded from Oklahoma City, he's still been a good point guard for them. Um, I guess there are some guy, bench guys, you know, Stanley Johnson's growth, um, he'll continue to grow and, you know, maybe see if he can transition into a starting role. But, um, you know, like I said with the Wizards, there aren't like, there are more guys on this roster that, you know, I would trust on my bench. Um, I think Luke Kennard is a spot-up shooter, um, you know, shooting 43% from three, which is great uh, in his rookie year. You know, Langston Galloway, former Nick, I really enjoyed his time in New York, so I know he can contribute off the bench. But, um, yeah, they're definitely one of the biggest surprises to me this year, if not the biggest surprise to me. And no, they're atop the East right now. Yeah, I mean, like you said with Andre Drummond, he's been terrific this year. I mean, I've been looking through through these advanced statistics um, a bunch of teams today, and I haven't seen anyone with a defensive box plus minus at 5.7. I mean, that's extremely high. Um, he's positive on the offensive side of the ball, too, leading the team with a box plus minus of 6.6. Uh, player efficiency rating at 23-1. I, I really like Andre Drummond. I think he's, like you said, um, become, become a more well-rounded offensive player. He's always had the defensive prowess in the rebounding department and, you know, being able to block shots. But I think he's, you know, developed his game a little bit more in the offensive end. I mean, his usage rate is up to 20%, which is uh, probably the highest of his career. And I, I like this Pistons team, I like their coaching staff, like you said. Um, and, you know, I, I think they're also, you know, I, I they don't frustrate, frustrate me as much um, because they have some young talent, but they haven't, they they need to decide where they're at too because I don't know if they're really contending. I mean, sure, they're the fourth best team in the East right now, 
Um, but I think towards the end of the season, they're probably the five or six. And uh, at that point, are you really contending? Probably not. Should you look to the draft? No, you know, it's it's kind of hard to look towards the draft if you're at that point. So they're kind of stuck in the middle. Um, you know, I, I like Andre Drummond. I think 24 years old, he's a player you can build around. Uh, Tobias Harris has been pretty good, 25 years old. Uh, Stanley Johnson needs to show some improvement. Luke Kennard, like you said, I mean, he's been good from three, but can he be a, a, a more well-rounded player? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if this team's there yet, and I don't know what they're supposed to do. Um, but there are some bright spots. Yeah, and it's weird because, you know, fourth in the Eastern Conference, they're only five games over 500, so that just speaks to the weakness of the Eastern Conference. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, they're there, whether they want to be or not, and, um, they'll, you know, in my opinion, they'll be in the playoffs, um, and so they'll just have to work with what they can coming into this offseason. You know, they're not a contender for me. You know, I don't see them, you know, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, maybe some more development along the wings, maybe a really nice small forward in the, in the draft or free agency, and they could make a push um, in the, the next few years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a team to watch will be interesting to see how they do down the stretch. Cleveland Cavaliers, the next team on our list, 24-12, and 12, third in the Eastern Conference, offensive rating of, third, uh, of 113.7, which is third in the NBA, defensive rating 27th in the NBA, so they're struggling on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Tyron Liu, you know, Lost, they lost the Warriors last year, but the year before they won the NBA title. So, you know, different, uh, a much different roster than that, uh, than then. But, uh, you know, definitely competing for another NBA title this year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I see them in the finals coming out of the East, and that's you know, similar to the greatness of LeBron James. But um, there isn't much that really is getting me excited. Besides the fact, you know, Isaiah Thomas returns tonight, I believe. So we'll see how that combination works between him, LeBron, and Kevin Love. Um, but defensively, that's even more of a liability. You know, Isaiah Thomas was not a great defender given his size, and so that's where they're really struggling. You know, their offense has been surviving how it can, but they really need to improve defensively. And the problem with that is that they've got so many old guys on this team. You know, they've got three guys 36 years old and Jose Calderon, Cal Corbett, Dwayne Wade. Channing Fry is 34, LeBron 33. Um, that's an anomaly. You know, LeBron James will be great into the end of his career. Um, but J.R. Smith, 32, Jeff Green, 31. And even Kevin Love is up there almost at 30 with a, is at 29 years old. So they're very old. And they're, you know, I think that plays in a large part of their, um, their ability to play defense game in and game out. And, um, you know, they might just be, you know, saving it for the postseason where they really turn it up because they know that they can make it into the postseason, you know, no matter how much effort they put in on defense. But, um, you know, should LeBron James, whatever he decides to do with his, you know, career after this season, if he does leave, this roster is just going to look like a mess um, without him. And, you know, I don't really think that there's a bright future without LeBron, but, you know, while he's there, they'll, they'll, be contending for the finals. Yeah, I think in the Kyrie Irving trade, they were really looking at that trade to find a piece that they can, you know, if LeBron was going to leave in the in the past, it was almost like they still had Kyrie Irving, they still had a player they can build around. Um, but, you know, during this trade, they didn't really get anyone that's a, a I mean, they got the they got the Nets pitch, pick, which is huge. I mean, they can draft someone top of the next draft um, that can really be a staple for their franchise moving forward. But if LeBron leaves, I mean, you're, you're left with deciding to re-sign, whether or not to re-sign Isaiah Thomas. And at that point, I mean, you just have a bunch of shooters that are, are good for LeBron, but are they good um, by themselves? Probably not. So, I mean, we'll see. 
I think this uh, Cavs team is is uh, just as poor as the defensive numbers say they are on the defensive end of the ball, and I don't think that's going to change in the playoffs. I think in the playoffs they're going to try to run with teams. I think um, they're they're one of the best offensive teams in the NBA by far, and they're only going to get better with Isaiah Thomas back. And I think you know when they get in, deep into the Eastern Conference playoffs, I don't know if there's a team that can really run with them, um, and I think that's why they end up winning the East. But you know, you can't play that game against the Warriors, and I think that's why the Warriors probably won again uh, this year in the finals, just because, you know, they, they play a good enough defense where uh, they, they can slow down the Cavs, and at that point, the Cavs can't slow down the Warriors. So, you know, great offensive team. I think they're good enough offensively to go to the finals, but past that, I mean, you got to play some kind of defense, and I don't think they are. So, uh, you know, this Cavs team is interesting, but um, we'll see. You know, maybe, like you said, they'll, they'll – turn it up defensively a little bit in the playoffs but you know only time will tell yeah exactly we'll have to wait and see yep so we'll go to surprise second place team right now the toronto raptors 25 and 10 uh, offense rating fourth in the nba defensive rating six they're, you know they're playing great on both sides of the ball Dwayne casey done a terrific job with this roster um this year uh blake what, what, what are you thinking yeah i mean the raptors are always there in the regular season and then it comes to the postseason, and uh, you know either DeRozan or Lowry struggle for a game or two, and the series just falls flat on their face. And you know they're looking um, again at not making an Eastern Conference Finals at least. So you know I, I like their roster. I think you know I really like the backcourt of DeRozan and Lowry. Um, they are getting up there. I mean Lowry's getting up there in age. They both are. They're getting older. That's the problem. Is you know you. When you're in the Eastern Conference and you know you might be the second or third best team, you're basically wasting away the prime of your best players because they're just going to get older. And by the time that you can contend, who knows, you know what legs they still have. So, you know, unfortunately, they're just stuck being the you know the second or third best team in the East year after year. And you know, because of LeBron, they just never get it done. Um, I like some of the young guys. I like Jacob Poitle, um, rookie this year. Uh, I like seeing Fred Van Vliet, you know, scoring, um, you know, 6.1 points per game. I like to see him on a roster. That's pretty cool. Um, Wichita State guy. Um, Sergi Baca, 1.5 blocks a game, 6.1 rebounds. They, they don't really have a, a guy that's going out there and getting every single rebound. You know, Jonas Valanciunas, 7.6. Um, I truly think that they could also be a place that uses an upgraded center. Maybe if they want to, you know, pull the plug on, you know, DeAndre Jordan or someone else at the trade deadline. Um, even though Jonas is, you know, only 25 years old, his, it's kind of seemed as though he's gone on a, a decline over the past two seasons, you know, after growing from the beginning of his career. But, you know, it, it's just the same thing every year with the Raptors. Great in the regular season. Um, DeMar DeRozan just went off last night for a franchise record 52. But, you know, at the end of the day, what does that matter when, you know, at the end in, in the playoffs, you're getting knocked out in the semifinals and, you know, year after year. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, looking at these numbers, I mean, offensive and defensively, they've been good this year. But I mean, both top, both in the top six. But at the same time, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers. A lot of the players are either good offensively or good defensively. There's not, there's not really a a, a bundle of you know two way players on this team. Uh, you know, Kyle Lowry is the only player with a positive offensive and defensive box plus minus. Um, you know, some of the the big men have been really good, um, especially. Uh, portal but uh at the same time i mean those guys are good defensively and then they have negative offensive box plus minus so i think at the end of the day play come playoff time they're gonna have to decide 
whether they, you know, want to have a defensive type of player on the floor or offensive. They, they can't really get both. And I think contending teams have players that can do both. Um, and I, you know, I, I love DeMar DeRozan. I mean, another great year this year. Uh, player efficiency rating upwards of 23. So he's been terrific. But again, I mean, if, if he doesn't want to play defense, they're not going to be able to be successful. And I think, you know, I, I mean, you look at some of the best teams in the NBA, uh, you know, the Warriors, they're playing def- They're playing great defense, probably the best defensive team in the NBA. Spurs play great defense. Rockets even starting to play a little defense this year with, with Chris Paul. All those teams are being so successful because they have guys that can play both ways. And, you know, I'm looking at this roster, and there's not many many players that want to play both ways. Uh, I mean, even Serge Ibaka, I mean, he's been okay defensively, but offensively he's got a negative offensive box plus minus. So I I like this roster or Raptors team. I think, you know, they, they, they could be a top three team in the East, but at the end of the day, if you don't have players that can play both ways in the playoffs, you're not going to be very successful. Yeah, exactly. And it – and it's so interesting to think about with these teams and the top teams that you've seen in the Eastern Conference, what just their, you can like think about what their, you know, um, seasons would have been if, you know, LeBron James wasn't in the East. I always wonder, you know, with the Raptors, you know, without, you know, LeBron James on the Cavs or the Heat, would they be able to make that push to get to a finals? But even if they did, you still lose to the Warriors. You know, it's, it's interesting to just, you know, hypothesize what would have happened. But um, unfortunately, they got to play with, Greatest in the same conference is one of the greatest players of all time, and um, you know year after year you're just kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. But you know maybe one of these years they can make a breakthrough. But like you said, not if they you know can't give a complete effort on both sides of the court. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to watch um, down the stretch because you know teams will play harder as the season goes along. We'll see if the Raptors can can hang tough um, and mm-hmm. and really pull out the number two seed. I don't think they will be, but we'll see. Um, we'll move on to the last team in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics, 30-10, first in the Eastern Conference, 12th offensive rating, first in the defensive rating, like I talked about with teams that have a bunch of players that play both ways. Celtics are one of those teams. Blake, do you think the Celtics team wins the Eastern Conference? Oh, you know, it's so tough. Um, yeah, I guess it all depends on to the health and um, of the Cavs going into the postseason. Um, I think, you know, if, if they have a, a health, if the Caps have a healthy roster, LeBron James' greatness just kind of takes over, and I, I, I can't see any other team making it um, to the finals if LeBron and a healthy team stands in their way. But, you know, say they're a little banged up. Say, you know, Isaiah Thomas's um, hip doesn't heal up like we thought it should. Tristan Thompson has a tough time returning, and some of these bench guys also have problems. Then, yeah, I could, I could easily see the Celtics. And, you know, we've talked about, um, a few teams with bright futures. Uh, I, I don't see a brighter future in the NBA than the Boston Celtics because they have, you know, such a great young coach and, you know, other draft picks seem to be hitting just right. I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both averaging over 14 points per game. You know, Jalen Brown was great last year and has only improved this year. Jason Tatum has been a spot of a shooter this year, shooting 50% from the field, 47% from three. Um, and he, you know, 5.6 rebounds. Um, the MVP of the team to me is Al Horford. He's been playing great, especially to the start of the season on all assets of the floor. Um, Kyrie Irving is a lethal shooter. And, you know, 4.9 assists. He's learning to share the ball a little more now that he's playing more point guard than he did in Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, all these players just, you know, they love Brad Stevens, and Brad Stevens gets the best out of them. You know, if you had told me that Terry Rozier would even be averaging, you know, 9.1 points per game and 
you know, shooting 39% from the field. Or, or, you know, Shane Larkin would find a way into an NBA rotation again. Um, you know, it. they just seem to have something working with them, a great chemistry within the team. And they're missing Gordon Hayward. You know, probably what was supposed to be their second best or best player this season, yet they're still atop the East. Um, I think they will have a, you know, they, their future has finals appearances, has championships. Um, will it be this season without Gordon Hayward? Probably not. But, you know, I think, you know, they're, a full healthy season away from making it to the finals. Yeah, it'll be interesting too because if you know LeBron decides to go out west, play for the Lakers next year, or play in the Western Conference, then then you're looking at the Celtics. You know, really the only really good team in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, offensively they've been terrific this year. Kyrie Irving uh, probably having his be- his most efficient uh, and probably best year of his career this year. It's awesome to see him. Um, Al Horford, I think he's you know. He's probably the most important player on that roster. What he brings offensively and defensively, you know, offensively, he, he passes the well, passes the ball very well out of the post. Um, and then defensively, you know, he's just a centerpiece down there in the lane that you know they can they can build their defense around. And you know, Jalen Brown's been great. Jason Tatum's been unreal from three. He's up there, um, the NBA leaders from three uh, three point percentage. So you know, I I like this Celtics team, and it's a it's unfortunate that Gordon Hayward couldn't play this year because I think at the end of the day, if they had Gordon Hayward, they you know they they might win the Eastern Conference. But yeah. uh, you know it, it it's a credit to Brad Stevens that they're first in the NBA in defensive rating. I mean, if you look at this roster, I mean, he's turned a lot of guys into great defenders. Um, like you said, I mean, even Shane Larkin. At the end of the day, like how did he make a rotation? And, and he's been all right. So uh, I, I think this team you know is built. Uh, from top to bottom to you know compete for an NBA championship, but they just don't have that. You know, I think nowadays you know you you build around um, you build around a couple star players, and they only have one or two. Um, and I think the the loss of Gordon Hayward is going to hurt them um, down the playoff stretch. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I think I think they'll give the Cavs a good series. It'll be back and forth, probably a seven game series, but. I really like the Celtics team. It's just they got to find that you know second scoring option behind Kyrie Irving that they can go to time after time. And I think Jason Tatum's developing into that, but um, they they need to find someone quick for this for this season. Yeah, and they and you know you know not even just the season for the future. They're built you know for you know long success. You know they've got studs um, like Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward who have experience in the league, but they've been hitting up. The draft picks and they'll, you know, if they continue to draft right, they'll even be more lethal for the, you know, the next decade or so. Um, with Brad Stevens, Danny H, they're built for success and they're built for success not just this year, but you know, for a while if they can keep this going. Yep, you know, Eastern Conference will be very interesting down the stretch. Definitely top heavy. Like you know, we got into the top three teams and they're all ten games above five hundred. Outside that, everyone's you know, right around five hundred, four or five games up, four or five games down. So. Uh, definitely be interesting to watch the rest of the season. Uh, I know this was a longer episode. Thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, you know we're approaching one hour to go through all the Eastern Conference teams, but definitely worth it. Um, you know it, it's great to talk about every team, especially you know if you're a fan out there uh, trying to you know you want us to talk about your team and your team's got five wins this year. Then you know uh, we don't usually talk about them, but it's good to do. So um, that'll do it for this week's episode of Courtside Take. Uh, PureSportsNetwork.com went live yesterday. 
Um, we actually got 500 views on our website in the first day, so um, looking up. And, you know, check out our content there. Blake's an NFL editor there. Um, he wrote, you know, some good pieces yesterday um, about, you know, the NFL draft. Uh, so check it out. Uh, and, you know, that does it for this week's episode of Courtside Take. Um, Blake, any last words? Uh, no, and enjoy some basketball. Uh, enjoy the new year. Um, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Thanks, guys.